one week at a time. Masechet Sota. Um, thank you all. This is our fourth lesson. Uh, we are going to be reviewing Daf 21 through 28. Um, it's not our normal day, so I know it's a little uh, hectic on a Friday, but uh, thank you all for uh, participating. Uh, we are going to do through Wednesday. We're recording on a Friday, and then next week we'll do from Thursday to Tuesday. So we'll get the week, uh, you know, on either end. Um, okay, so let's start on DAF 21. Um, we were talking about uh, the fact that the woman has um, has the ability to, um, if she has merit, so then her punishment can be delayed, right? This is So the Gemara asks, what type of merit of as we know, Talks about um, the the fact that so if you look smaller thing. Others, uh, you know, again, this I um, as opposed to so that helps in the daytime, it's much better, uh, and therefore, Torah. The uh, Gemara says maybe more important. protect you. certain, you know, all the mitzvot, because then you will uh, not transgress. Um, but uh, Torah, if you learn Torah, that always. Or maybe sinning, whereas and Torah will protect um, So that discussion seems to... Um, one second. I hope you can hear me. Um, okay, so that is um, that. That is the that the merit is her doing uh, mitzvot commandments. Um, another, the Gemara goes back and says, no, the merit is actually the woman learning Torah, uh, and it is important for her to learn Torah, um, and so that's one option. And the Gemara says, no, she facilitates her sons and her husband learning Torah. Uh, and I think as a woman who learns Torah, this is, you know, challenging, right? But here it's saying that uh, she gets the reward uh, for allowing or for helping her husband and her children to learn uh, to learn Torah. Uh, it is important to um, that uh, later halachic authorities have uh, reinterpreted this Gemara, right? Again, the conclusion of the Gemara that woman is not learning Torah, rather she's either facilitating it or she's uh, doing uh, mitzvot. Um, later uh, authorities have said that nowadays if women are, uh, you know, getting high school educations, college educations, 
they are, you know, women are in the professional field, then obviously it is important for women uh, to also be learning Torah. Uh, so just so you shouldn't, uh, uh, you know, stop learning Dafyomi just because of this Gemara. Um, anyway, so it is important to understand. Um, okay, uh, then. Um, here, then the Gemara says, if you remember last week, we learned that the Mishnah says, no, 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 don't, learn, don't teach your daughter Torah. It's as if you are um, teaching Tiflut. Uh, so the question is, what is Tiflut? Uh, one one um, interpretation is uh, intimacy, meaning uh, she will become um, promiscuous if she learns Torah because she will learn all these loopholes, um, or uh, there is another way of understanding this, uh, which is not uh, promiscuity, rather uh, tafel or frivolous, uh, meaning if you teach your daughter Torah, she won't really understand what is going on. Um, a group of deceptive people uh, and how these uh, are, you know, basically ruin the world. Um, so who are these deceptive people? One is a foolish, pious person, right? A chassid shoteh. What does that mean? Um, that he basically, the Gemara gives an example, a person, a man sees a woman drown. Oh, I not proper, can't look at women, right? So that is a terrible thing, and obviously it has an imperative to save the women. Uh, person is uh, which means uh, here from the not nakedness, aroma, but uh, like aroma as in cunning, so he is cunningly evil. Um, Someone gives a poor person um, right, so doesn't give the you don't give the person. lenient for themselves but stringent for others uh, this is on this idea that um to um problems in uh Jewish law. Um who is an Amhaaretz? If you remember is I guess one could say someone who is ignorant or someone who doesn't keep um so says, Oh, it must be somebody or see or learn or someone who doesn't serve a rabbi or they learn without learning um, and again uh, will ruin the world in terms of uh, these are not people their place. And um, this um, this is someone who um, I guess is faulty um, um, aesthetic aesthetic, uh, meaning that uh, she um, so the the Gemara actually learned fear of sin from a uh, what is this? This is a maiden who prays at 
should entice by her beauty. Uh, we can also learn about reward from she basically walked the circle to get a bigger reward um, and these maidens and women and widows were were very great uh, but there are others that are deceptive and they seem to be some source some sort of sorceresses um, women who use some sort of magic um, then we had um, a, a minor whose mother is free. Um, this is some who basically, um, one second. Uh, okay, uh, this is who isn't uh, isn't capable of issuing a ruling, right? So. Uh, uh, this seems to be the age of 40. Again, if you're under 40, you should not be ruling. Uh, you're over, but younger and you're capable, so then uh, that is okay. Um, here are seven types of insincere ascetics. Um, people who do um, mila, right, circumcision, People, people who do um, mitzvot just for the reward or for fear of punishment. Um, the Gemara says, wait a minute, but we know that um, even if you do mitzvot for the wrong reasons, we say uh, that you'll eventually do it for the right reasons. So the Gemara says, you're right, um, remove those last two categories. Okay, now we have the Mishnah, the next Mishnah on Daf 20. Old Remember, said that Rabbi Shimon says that um, even if the woman is meritorious, um, the punishment is not delayed because if nothing happens and um, if nothing happens to this woman, then people will see her and they'll say, "Oh, she must be guilty, but she has some sort of merit, and that's why nothing is happening to her," um, as opposed to seeing that really she is innocent. Okay, the Mishnah continues um, that Rebbe says actually that the merit does work. Um, she doesn't have a child and she slowly deteriorates over time, but eventually she does have the same death. Um, if her uh, let's say her mincha, her offering, became impure before it entered the klisharet, the sanctified uh, vessel, so then it can be redeemed. If it was already sanctified, so then it needs to be burnt, um, not on the, uh, not on the, um, not on the altar, uh, but burnt outside. Um, Okay, I see a question. Why is merit accepted over someone who doesn't have merit? Ah, um, here the idea is that if the woman has some sort of suit, has some sort of merit, so then it will save her from the initial, um, or, or maybe we can call it the final um, embarrassment uh, at the end of the process. And it gives her kind of like bonus points so that she can die quietly in her house. Uh, so it's not, about, um, it's not about atonement or accepting or not accepting. It's about um, is she going to die right away on the spot or does she get to go home uh, and maybe die a, a quieter uh, death. Um, so I think that's the idea of this um, merit. Um, okay, um, since we discussed uh, the korban, the sacrifice of the sota, um, so the Gemara says that um, um, there are other cases on the top of Daf 23, there are other cases where her mincha is burnt uh, when her um, sacrifice is not 
sacrificed on the altar, rather it's burnt elsewhere. Um, basically, any time we end the ceremony, meaning if she says that she's guilty, uh, so then we stop and we burn the sacrifice. Um, if witnesses come and say that she's guilty, um, or if she refuses to drink, um, or if her husband refuses to make her drink, um, if her husband had relations with her on the way, which we said was not allowed, um, or um, if her husband is a Kohen, uh, or if she is a Kohenet married to Yisrael, in all of these, uh, in these two cases, her mincha uh, can be eaten and it's not burnt. Um, so it's important to understand that the mincha or offering, the, the grain offering of a priest is burnt completely and not eaten. Um, everyone else is um, actually eaten at the end of the process. Um, the Mishnah lists different, the differences between um, um, a Kohen and a Kohenet, meaning a male or a female uh, Kohen. Um, and we also have halachic differences between a man and a woman in general. And we saw some of this, um, right? So the man tears his garment uh, if he becomes a leper, a mitzorah, um, and um, he grows his hair where she doesn't. Um, he can have um, his son be a nazir for him. He can, he can betroth his daughter, what well, we've seen this before. This is a regular man betrothing a regular girl. Um, he can sell his daughter um, now to the woman. What's unique about the woman? In general, regular women, remember we saw that she isn't stoned naked. Remember, the man is. Uh, interestingly, we, we learned that this is actually for their... Uh, benefits, right? If they're, if the the less close that clothes they have, the quicker they die. Meaning it's a more painless death. Um, but if you remember, we learned that a woman would rather um, be covered and have it take a little bit longer than the opposite. Um, also, she isn't hanged. Uh, it's not a, uh, it's not, um, I guess, modest for her. Um, and if a man steals, he can be sold, uh, but a woman cannot. Uh, so all of that was the Mishnah. Uh, now let's get to the Gemara. Um, so the Gemara tells us that the wives of Kohanim, of priests, who bring the Mincha offering, um, those are burnt, right? They're burnt. And the remnant, excuse me, um, the remnant of the, um, of the offering can be burnt for the sake of firewood, or they're sprinkled on the ashes. Um, this is based on a verse, right? The verse teaches that the mincha of a kohen is burnt completely on the altar, uh, and it is not, uh, it is not eaten. Um, a, a female kohen, a kohenet, can become a what's called a a halelet or halela, uh, meaning she is. Um, um, it's basically profaned, meaning there's something um, that that someone did wrong. Um, so to her children, um, the Kohen can, right, again, if he does something wrong, the children are, are halalim, but he isn't. So again, that's the difference between the men and the women. Um, and um, uh, the verse teaches that a Kohen, a male, can be, uh, cannot become impure, uh, but the female can, if she's a Kohenet, um, he eats uh, sanctified um, meat, like Kodshe Kodshim, meat from a sacrifice. Uh, she cannot. Um, and um, we see that um, all of these differences are based on verses in the Torah. Uh, with that, we conclude the third chapter of Masechet Sota. Uh, now we have the fourth chapter. Um, one second. Okay. The Mishnah tells us that there are certain women who are not brought to the temple to drink. Uh, they're not considered a sota. Who are these women? Um, a woman who is engaged, an arusa, 
Again, when I say engaged, I mean in the time of the Mishnah and the Gemara, not in our days. Our days, um, an engaged woman is just like an unmarried woman, um, but an Arusa from the time of the Mishnah and the Gemara, and a woman who's waiting to do Yibum. If you remember, she's called Shomeret Yavam. Uh, these two women do not drink the water, and they don't get their Ketuva money, meaning if there was if there was a warning, and then there were witnesses that said that she went into a motel room so then they need to get divorced um or right whatever that means it's different for each one but they need to um you know uh um separate from their husbands um and uh they do not get their ketuva money right the sota is the sota ceremony is only for a married woman um a woman who is in a forbidden relationship meaning she wasn't allowed to marry her husband right so this is um right a priest who married a uh, a divorcee or the high priest who married a widow um or if a man married a mamzeret right a woman who was illegitimate um all of these people do not drink there is no um there it's not they cannot become a, a sota and they do not get their ktuva money um if and you know when they get divorced um daf 24 tells us um, the, the, the following women also don't drink. Um, if she admits guilt, right, we said this before, if she admits that she really did uh, have an affair, um, if witnesses come and say that she's guilty, um, if she refuses to drink, uh, in all of those cases, um, she obviously does not drink. If the husband refuses to make her drink, um, or he slept with her on the way, then she gets her ktuva money and she doesn't drink, right? Because this is, right, let's say again, and I think we're always going to go back to this. Uh, the idea is that um, she is, let's say she is innocent and she wants to prove that she's innocent and now he just messed her up uh, by not uh, giving her the ability to drink. Uh, therefore, she gets divorced and she gets her ktuva money. Um, if the husband dies before she can drink, Beit Shammai says she gets her ketuva money and she doesn't drink because uh, we assume her innocence. Beit Hillel say because she can't drink, she can't get her ketuva money. Meaning, uh, again, I don't know if it's about assuming guilt or innocence, but according to Beit Hillel, the point was for her to go through this ceremony. Now that she cannot go through the ceremony, uh, she does not get her ketuva money. Um, let's say he married her um, when she was pregnant from uh, her first marriage or she was nursing. If you remember, we discussed, I want to say in Yevamot, uh, but maybe in Ketubot also, um, that she is not allowed to get married if she's pregnant or nursing. We're afraid that the husband will want her to get pregnant, exactly this case, um, and uh, will treat her badly. Uh, you really need, she really needed to wait 24 months, but she didn't. Um, so she doesn't drink. She cannot become a sota, but she doesn't get her Ketubah money. Or, no, um, she can drink because he can separate from her till the child is two years old. Remember, once she has a child, um, then, um, then she can, and then she's nursing. After that, um, he can uh, marry her and it could be okay. Um, if, again, because there's a way to have her permitted to him, so then she can drink. Um, other women who do not drink, the Ilonite, uh, if you remember, the Ilonite was a woman who um, doesn't reach uh, puberty, uh, not in terms of years, in terms of just a chemical, chemically. Uh, she is infertile uh, for chemical reasons. As Kena, someone who is old and therefore can't have children, um, or a woman who sterilized herself, uh, these people do not drink uh, and they do not get their ketuva money. Uh, again, why? Because he shouldn't have married them in the first place. Because if you remember, um, he has a mitzvah to have children. Uh, therefore, if he marries someone who cannot have children, that is 
problematic. Um, Rabbi Eliezer says, what are you talking about? He can just marry another woman. Again, right? There are multiple wives. Uh, he could just marry another woman and have kids from her. And then this woman can drink because she is permitted to him. Um, all other women, either they drink or they don't get their ktuva. Remember, um, you do not have to drink if you don't want to. Uh, you, the woman can always say, uh, I will not, um, I will not uh, do this. I will not um, drink the water, but, and I will not get my ktuva money. Um, okay, the wife of a Kohen does drink, uh, and then she is permitted to her husband, um, because we just proved that she did not have an affair. Uh, the wife of a sterile man drinks. Again, these cases are when um, she has to be able to have children, uh, not necessarily him. Um, if the man, right, the man can warn her against any man that is forbidden, um, and this seems to include the forbidden relationships. Uh, actually, that's this week's parsha. Vayik perek yidchet, perek eighteen. We have all the forbidden relationships. So, um, so uh, he can marry. He can warn her against. Right. I don't like that you're spending so much time with your father, grandfather, brother uh, in a secluded place. Um, this is all except for a minor. He does not count. Um, the court can warn certain women, um, be, you know, basically for her husband, right, for her husband, they can warn the woman. Um, if the, so what's the case of that? If the husband is a deaf mute or uh, insane or incarcerated, so then she can't be made, so they warn her, they so will start like that, the court warns her, then um, then she cannot be made to drink because only her husband can make her drink, but she does lose her ktuva money and she's forbidden to her husband. Um, okay, Rabbi Yossi says the husband can take her to drink when he um when he uh leaves prison so therefore um he can actually take her um to get to drink uh the gemara explains that there's the verse that teaches that he can warn an uh an arusa right a woman who he is engaged to uh or um the Shomeret Yavam, if it's somebody who's waiting to do Yibum, uh, so he can warn her. And if she disobeys, um, she becomes forbidden to him, but she cannot be made or forced to drink the waters. Um, some say that only the Arusa and not the, the Nisua, the Shomeret Yavam. Some people say it's the opposite, right? If the right maybe if the husband had bad relations with the with her first husband um right at the same time so then um we we um are not sure what the what the case is uh there's a machloket if the yavam had relations with the yavama before right are they seen as married or does he need to have intent when he does yibum um, when he does it, that um, she's still a shomeret yavam, she's still waiting to do yibum. Um, okay, the Gemara now continues that uh, on Daf 25, if a woman transgresses dat, so dat means religion, here it means um, certain laws. Um, we're not sure if it means dat moshe, or Dat Yisrael, right? We have two types of uh, religious uh, commitment. Uh, one is Dat Moshe, that is uh, what was given to Moshe. Uh, it's in the Chumash, it's in um, right, different law books, uh, but we also have something called Dat Yehudit. Uh, Dat Yehudit is based on Jewish practice at the time. Um, so it seems that if a woman transgresses dot, right, does she need to be warned and 
um, and practice. Um, um, sorry, does she need to be warned? And then she loses her ketuva, right? And this would give her a chance to repent. Or does she need um, to still be a virgin, right? Maybe we learn from the fact that the Yivama and the Arusa, the, the Yivama who is forbidden, uh, who's waiting to do Yibum, and the Arusa, right? She is uh, betrothed, so we're concerned for them. Um, they can be warned, and then they lose their Ketuva. And the Gora says, no, uh, they are warned, and therefore they are forbidden to him. But either way, she loses her Ketuva money. Or um, he warns her so he can make her drink after they get married, right? Again, if they're just engaged, he can warn her now, um, and then when they get married, he can make her drink. Um, as we said, prohibited relationships do not drink, right? They don't bring their wife up to the temple, um, and they still, though, do not get their ktuba money. But he does warn her, right? And therefore, um, she does lose the ktuba, or he warns her so that she is prohibited just like he is, or just like um, they were before in the sense of um, now she's not allowed to go to the adulterer, right? She's already a surah. She's forbidden to him. Um, we learn that warning makes her lose her ktuva from the court warnings when the judge, when the husband is deaf, right? So when the husband uh, can't hear, the judge steps in uh, instead of the husband. Uh, so now the Gemara asks, can husbands um, remain married to their wives who transgress dat yehudit? Right? Can they, right, if they know that they transgressed, can they remain related to these women? Um, okay, so the so is it that they right? It's it's voluntary. Um, or do we say that it's an imperative? They must uh, warn their wives. Um, so it seems that the court steps in when the husband doesn't, right? Doesn't take this seriously, um, right? Again, maybe it shows that he needs a desire to step away, right? To to he needs um, he needs to divorce her, uh, or no? They assume that he just objects, and that's why he did what he did. Okay, the Gemara now asks on the bottom of 25, can a husband cancel his warning? If you remember in the beginning of the Masechet, we mentioned that the husband must warn his wife. Um, so, right, um, this is called kinui. Uh, what happens if he says, oh, you know what, never mind, right? I take it back. I didn't mean it. Right, so can he cancel the warning? So the Gemara says, let's learn from our Mishnah. It says that we send two people with them lest he sleep with her. Right? If he can cancel his warning, why do we need why do we need those people with them? Right? So if he just cancels the warning, let him cancel the warning and be as his wife. So the Gemara says, No, they need to be scholars so that they can tell him uh, all about the things he's about to do and to cancel the warning. Right, and then he can be, um, then then he can be more present, um, and then he can be with her. Um, a tradition says that he can he can cancel the warning, uh, as uh, just like uh, parents can cancel the ben sorer umore. Uh, ben sorer umore was when a child was rebellious, the rebellious child, and they bring him to court. Uh, let's say at a certain point, the, the, you know, the mother says, I can't take it anymore, enough, right? So they can take back that, um, I guess, you know, tattletale-y, uh, but um, they can take it back, and it does work. Um, okay. Second.
okay, sorry. Um, the now we have a machloket. Um, if only before seclusion can he cancel the warning. Remember, we have uh, a man who is very jealous. He warns his wife, don't go there with that man. Uh, and then uh, there are, let's say she does. And then there are witnesses that say, I saw her going into the motel room with so-and-so. So the question is, when can he cancel the warning? I understand that he can cancel it before she secludes, right? Before she goes into that motel room, um, he can say, you know what, forget it. I love her so much. I'm not jealous. It was, it was just to scare her. Or, right, maybe we say, no, 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 um, we need to wait, right? Even later, can they take it back? Um, Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel argue if the husband dies before she went to drink the water, uh, the question is, what happens? Um, can she get a ktuva or not? So Beit Shammai says, yes, um, it's seen as if she already collected it, uh, and therefore, um, she uh, and therefore um, she can uh, get her ktuva. Um, and Beit Hillel say, no, uh, she cannot do that. Uh, there's another machloket if um, barren women or old women can drink. Uh, but everyone agrees that the ilonit doesn't drink, right? This ilonit was never uh, able to have children, uh, and therefore... Um, and therefore, she does not drink if this is the case. Daf 26, if he warned her when they were engaged, and then, he, and then she secluded when they were married, uh, she can drink the water or she loses the ktuva money. Right? Who else can drink? Right? Also, who can drink? Uh, a pregnant or nursing woman. Um, if she was barren and she had children um, from another from another husband, um, so then um, they are permitted, uh, and these are permitted marriages. So then that would be okay. Um, the wife of a convert of a ger, um, it's a machloket. Um, if um, if he um, is with an ilonit, a woman who did not hit puberty or didn't go through puberty. Um, so that is a machloket. Um, the next machloket is um, if she's innocent, right? Does she become pregnant right away? Um, and then if that's the case, then wouldn't right, all barren women, right? They're going to select for this issue, right? And uh, I think I mentioned this last week, uh, the story of Hana, uh, where she said, um, if you do not answer me, I'll put myself in this position and I'll be, I'll be innocent and then I will get a child, right? Therefore, do, she doesn't get pregnant, but if she's pregnant already, it will make her, um, her delivery much, uh, smoother or it will give her a male child. Um, I have a lot of boys, so I understand that, but that still seems, uh, a little, you know, stark, um, and um, other bonuses to this woman um, that are mentioned in the Gemara. Um, if the Kohen's wife drank and survived and then started um, wishing everyone, yeah, started wishing, um, um, sorry, let's start again. If, if the Kohen's wife drank uh, from the water and then survived, and then started wasting away, uh, but not in the usual way. Um, so that it could be that she was uh, forced, uh, even so she's still permitted to her husband. Um, a woman who's married to a sterile man who became sterile by natural causes, so then she can drink, right? Again, as long as uh, he can have relations, right? All of these things, are based on the fact that it says that she's going to become pregnant. If she's going to become pregnant, it really needs to be a scenario where she could, in theory, become pregnant. Um, and then it says that um, she can't drink 
if the if she the adulterer, meaning the man that she uh, uh, is suspected of sleeping with, is a minor. Right again, it says ish. Right, ish means a man. Um, but if he is uh, sterile, um, she can drink. Um, if the adulterer is an idolater, she can still drink. Right, all of these men, if she sleeps with if they sleep with a female who is the daughter of a Kohen, um, she cannot eat truma anymore. Um, the Gemara raises several sexual acts that aren't seen as bia, right? Bia is the sexual act, uh, what we would call regular uh, vaginal intercourse. Um, and uh, other acts, uh, though intimate, uh, if it's not exactly this, then um, then um, she would not uh, be a sota, right? Um, and again, it talks about does it make it her, her a sota or not? Uh, and it goes through different uh, intimate acts. Um, Daf 27, there's a machloket um, if one has no choice, um, should the man should a man marry a woman who is rumored to have had uh, an, uh, an illicit relation, or um, should he marry the daughter of that woman, uh, right? What's better? So the Gemara kind of goes back and forth. Um, again, the daughter has questionable lineage. The mother has questionable, I guess we could say, morals um, or not. And the Gemara goes back and forth, right? The daughter didn't do anything wrong. She was just born, whereas the wife did. Um, and therefore, uh, it is uh, it is seen as problematic. Um, the halacha is you marry the daughter and not the woman herself, because most of the mother's relations, very intimate acts, were with her husband, and therefore the child is probably kosher, uh, and therefore marry the daughter. Uh, there's a machloket when a woman is more fertile. Is it the day before her period, or is it close to when she goes to the mikvah, which is uh, when she begins ovulation? Uh, the verse says, ish, ish, right? A man twice, um, to include men who um, the Beitin warned their wives, Right again, if they were uh, insane, if they were deaf mute, if they were incarcerated, um, the Beitin cannot bring her to drink. Right, we said they can warn her, but they do not bring her to drink. Um, and the Gemara says, or there's another opinion that says that they can. Um, and uh, it's important to understand that the husband and the wife are linked, uh, just like if he is blind. Um, he cannot make her drink. Um, she can't drink if she is blind, right? So to a lame husband or a wife. Uh, and that concludes our fourth chapter. Uh, let's move on um, in the middle of Daf 27 uh, to the beginning of the fifth chapter. Um, so uh, the, the Mishnah tells us that the water also affects him. We're not sure who him is just yet. Uh, and he dies in the same way. Uh, I, I think we can assume that it is the adulterer. Um, she becomes um, forbidden to her husband and to the adulterer. This is before she dies, obviously. Um, and the, the Mishnah here says, on that day, etc., etc., something happened. So what does that mean on that day, right? Be'oto hayom, or hahu hayom, uh, or bayom hahu, right? On that day, uh, what is the day in the Gemara? Uh, it refers to the day that they appointed Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah instead of Rabban Gamliel, uh, because they were arguing, because Rabban Gamliel was arguing so much, um, they actually depose Rabban Gamliel, um, and they put Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah uh, in his place. This is where we get the idea of Hare Ani Keben Shivim Shana, right? When we say in the Haggadah that he felt that he was like 70 years old, that was for this, right? Why did he have to get some gray hair? Because he was about to be the head of the Jewish community. Um, and 
Um, this is the day that we're talking about. On that day, Rabban, uh, Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah opened all the doors um, and they expounded on many things. So Rabbi Akiva taught uh, three things. One, that um, the impurity of an earthenware vessel, a klicheres, um, is, uh, how does it become impure? If something is suspended in its, earth, in its uh, airspace, and um, it makes any food within, sorry, it makes food within um, impure. Um, this is talking about a sheretz. So let's say if a dead lizard was, you know, put into the airspace of this clay jar, uh, everything in it would become impure. Um, from here, uh, we're going to get into a lengthy discussion about purity and impurity. Um, so this dead sheretz, it's like a creepy crawly animal, is the source of the tum'ah, of the impurity. So it's an av, literally means father, but it's the source. Um, let's say it then touches, this is the next case. Let's say the, the, the sheretz um, is in the airspace or touches um, the oven. So the oven becomes impure. That becomes a reshon. If you remember, with impurity, we transmit um, or transfer uh, impurity from one thing to the other. Each time it's transferred, it's a little lower. So if the sheretz touch the oven, the oven becomes a reshon because from av, from the top, it goes down to a reshon. Then the oven touch the bread. That becomes a shani, a secondary uh, impure food, um, and that could make a shlishi, a third degree uh, impurity, um, not only truma, but anything else. Uh, this is actually not the law. Uh, the law is that it stops after shani, after a second. Not It doesn't go to the third. Uh, what are the other things that Rabbi Akiva taught? Um, that the tchum, uh, the area um, that, oh, that's Tchum, which is the area around a city, is biblical in nature. We actually say that it's rabbinic, but Rabbi Kiva said it was biblical. And in the city of the Levites, of the Levi'im, you need to leave at least a thousand amot, uh, hand breaths, uh, a thousand amot for beautifying the city. Uh, and then you can measure another a thousand amot from there or a thousand to, to um, beautify the city, and 2,000 to plant, right? It becomes farmland. And, um, um, okay, uh, the last thing that Rabbi Akiva taught on that day is from Az Yashir. Uh, Az Yashir, the, the, the song that was sung at the splitting, splitting of the sea. It says, Lemor uh, to say, uh, and Rabbi Kiva says that it means that Moshe said it, uh, and then they repeated it, like Hallel. Um, or there's another opinion that it was together, everyone said it together at the same time. Um, okay, um, next, uh, we're going to do Daf 28. Uh, the Gemara asks, right, as we said, it says the water affects him. So the Gemara says, who's him? Maybe it means the husband. The Gemara says, why would it be the husband? The husband didn't do anything, um, right? And if the husband did something, so then um, we said that the waters don't work, right? The waters don't work if he actually uh, transgressed, um, Right, it not only does it not work on him, but it also doesn't work on her. Uh, rather, uh, as we said, it's actually testing the adulterer, uh, and that is uh, the I think the clear understanding of the Mishnah. Um, we said that the woman is prohibited to her husband um, and to the man she had an affair with. Um, this is learned from the fact that it says vinitmeu. And they will be, um, and they will be, um, they will be uh, impure, but not. Remember, we said that the word impurity in Masachet Sota means uh, had, you know, are forbidden because they had relations. 
Um, so Rabbi Akiva expands the fact that it says ve, right, and. Uh, and he, he says that it's basically, uh, it says three times, but because it says the, the vav, uh, it really becomes six times, right? Three things for the man and three things for the woman. As opposed to Rebbe, Rebbe says, no, we don't, uh, we don't see the vav as being extremely significant to extrapolate the law. Um, and therefore, it's only three things. Uh, these are all about the woman. Um, and then he learns about um, the punishment for the man uh, from another verse. Um, Again, as we said, it says the same word three times to say that she's prohibited to her husband. Uh, this is all till she drinks the water. Once she drinks the water, if she survives, she, obviously she can go back to her husband. She is forbidden to the adulterer um, and she's forbidden to eat truma. Right? If he is a Kohen, um, she is not allowed to eat truma um, up until she finishes this entire ordeal. Um, if the adultery was bishogeg, right? Bishogeg means unintentional. Um, she actually remains um, permitted to her husband. Uh, let's say she, let's say it was unwilling, right? Let's say she was raped. Uh, also, she is a, she is still permitted to her husband. Um, Whereas the impurity of a sheret, of a creepy, crawly animal, uh, there are eight animals listed in the Torah. What is a sheret? Uh, it's not every bug or every, like, crawly thing. It's specific things. Um, if you touch the sheret um, unintentionally, right, bisafek, it, um, you become impure. Um, so the Gemara says, no, no, that's only in the private domain, like the Sota. So it's important to, uh, this is an important concept in the law of purity and impurity, which are not so relevant to us today, but it is important to know. Um, the fact that if we're unsure, if a person touched something that was impure, if it happened in the public domain in Rashut Rabim, the person is uh, tahor, pure. If it happened in the private domain, the person is tameh, is impure. So this actually is learned from the sota, meaning the sota, she was private, she hid, she secreted away with a man privately, and she became tmeah, right? Again, not in the sense of purity and impurity, in the sense of being prohibited. Um, therefore, if we have a question about if someone touched something that was impure, if it happened in a private domain, we are stringent and we assume that that person is um, impure. Um, however, uh, the opposite would be the case that um, if it happened in the public domain, so then she would not be impure. Um, okay, I think we are going to stop here. Uh, at the very bottom of DAF 28, um, and we are going to um, pick it up next week. Uh, we're going to learn from DAF 29. Uh, wishing everyone a Shabbat Shalom, uh, and see you, Bezrat Hashem, next week at our regular time, uh, Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Israel time. Uh, wishing everyone a Shabbat Shalom.